Hello again, and welcome to the Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. Uh, as always, we are your hosts, Alex, Garrett, Jeremy, and John. Uh, we also have uh, two special guests with us tonight. We do have Paul from Best Coast Parents, and uh, you know he is a uh, renowned in Warhammer 40,000, also, I think, number one ITC 40K 2014, 15, something like that. Uh, and then we also have, uh, we have a dog. <laughs> Garrett, what's your dog's name again? Stellar. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, you know, we have a real nice show for you guys tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking to Paul, of course, about uh, some of the new th updates that uh, Best Coast Parents has in terms of stats and new stats website. Uh, we are also going to catch up on a few things that have come up from Warhammer Community site, especially regarding Lumineth, uh, and get some of our hot takes or sometimes cold takes on them. But uh, as always, you know, we do of, co of course want to see what is on whose workbench. Paul, what's on your workbench? Ooh, so uh, really, uh, it wasn't in preparation for this call or anything like that, but I've been uh, reading the Seraphon book, Battle Tome, Ooh, what do you call it? Mm. So I've, uh, I've got a pretty, good, uh, a pretty good digestion on that, I think, and uh, know what I want to do with it, knowing, I mean, because I, I, mean, I have a decently sized Seraphon force, so. Um, but you know, just going to see what I can do with it and, uh, get, maybe get a couple games in and, you know, on TTS and. Yep. Paul and I were talking about maybe playing Wednesday or Friday actually, right? Yeah. I, I, and I'm looking forward to that because I, uh, want to get my teeth kicked in, but it'll be fun. Cool. Cool. Well, John, what's on your workbench? Sure. Sure. So, uh, first off, um, earlier today, uh, Jeremy, uh, very, very sadly announced to us that he was uh, out of hard alcohol. And so he uh, mentioned some swanky wine that he was going to be drinking tonight. And, and being a good friend that I am, uh, I figured that I would, I would join uh, Jeremy in, um, in having some wine. So, so I myself, uh, though I drink mostly whiskey nowadays, I went through a wine phase uh, a couple decades ago. And uh, so I went into my wine library and let me see here. So I found something kind of nice. Where is, oh, there we go. So I have found this uh, Pietra Santa Sasa Rosa from 2000. So a 20 year old bottle of wine uh, out of mine. Uh, let's see here. This was absolutely interesting because I cracked it open and poured it and it's not really red. Uh, anymore, <laughs> I guess is the best way to describe it. Now, I myself have had old wines. I've drank a wine from 1906. Uh, I've drank uh, 30 plus year old Burgundies and other wines that are meant to be aged. The 1906 was a port. Of course, ports are amazing. And so old wines, I know, uh, are rarely red. They often have a brownish color. And so when this poured out, it has kind of the brownish red, very dark color. You can see the cork, which broke. Uh, is actually black on the inside there. I mean, you can see it through my virtual background. And so I had to look up on the internet, is 20-year-old wine safe to drink? And, and I <laughs> well, searched several works. times and read through multiple websites because, you know, you got to do your research properly. And, and as it turns out, yes. Uh, basically, the worst that could happen is it turns to vinegar. Yeah. And in fact, this is... Vinegary actually delicious. One of the things with older wines is they very mellow out. The liquid actually transforms and loses its uh, viscosity. 
And so you'll find when you drink a very old wine, it'll hit your mouth and often vanish uh, away, just leaving like a taste and a flavor in your, your palate. This particular one, as you can see uh, written here on the background, has a beautiful flavor of uh, cherries, cranberries, and a little bit of spice and clove to it. It's actually one of my favorite wines. The 2000 was good. The 96 of the Pietra Santa was oh, amazing. So that uh, is what's like kind of directly on my workbench. But more importantly, uh, if you guys have been following along, I have been working on my Primaris Army. As of last week, I was halfway through the last kit. I finished building that kit. I have primed everything that was still gray plastic. I even, for all the characters, I went ahead and applied some gray sear on them in anticipation of the finishing the paint with my contrast paints. So that should be pretty amazing. And then uh, this kind of a little dirty little secret of mine, as you guys know, I do a lot of scanning and 3D work, but I don't do any 3D printing. Instead, I invest in another friend who has uh, a 3D printer. In particular, I invest in the third member of the BCP team, Mr. Casey and his 3D printer by shipping him filament and other stuff. So Casey dropped off some amazing stuff at my work. First off, look at this cool elf kind of building and tower here. And then look at this thing. Oh my gosh, is wow. that amazing or what? That is just some absolutely beautiful 3D printed terrain. That's crazy. And then I shipped him a spool of glow-in-the-dark filament, and he printed a bunch of glow-in-the-dark spooky trees for me. Uh, for those of you who know, I, of course, play Nurgle and Skaven uh, in Age of Sigmar. And so my home table is a kind of haunted swamp. And so this is all stuff for my haunted swamp. Uh, with some nice elf ruins in there because I do play Eidneth and all that. So, so, so what you're what you're saying is you need to start night haunt now. Uh, death. I, well, it's got to have that haunted swamp with all your spooky ghosts. Yeah, and that's why it's it's the swamp of Nurgle. It's a swamp of Nurgle. It's a reactive <laughs> swamp. <laughs> right, exactly. So anyway, so that's uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, finishing off my Primaris. Uh, enjoying this beautiful 3D terrain. By the way, I use E6000 for the glue, just in case any of you have to assemble some uh, 3D printed terrain, and enjoying some 20-year-old wine. Mm. Man, that's good. It was mm. frightening to open, but it was good now. Mm. So that's what's up with me. Garrett, my friend, what is on your workbench this week? I see you wore the dog out, by the way. Yeah, I know. I used to have a dog on my workbench, but he, uh, he was ready to curl up and fall asleep, so I let him go. Um, but other than that, this last weekend, uh, we tore apart our bedroom and we actually repainted all of our walls. Ooh, is that kind of a nice uh, almond? No, what is that, a, a walnut color you have going on back there? Um, well, this is my basement, not my bedroom. Oh. Uh, uh, but so your walls are just brown down we, in the basement. We, well, actually, our walls, we did paint a nice red, like, redwood color, like the couch in the back in the background there. Ooh, nice. We painted about that color. It's a nice, warm, brownish red, so it actually looks really good. Um, my wife is currently sleeping in my bedroom right now, so I will not show you. Um, and then uh, I actually started working on my Sylvanet display board. Um, I left that upstairs, but I started gluing in some uh, 
metal sheet metal circles where I could put trees on. Mm. And then my plan is to plaster um, over the, the circle, the plastic circles and try to create a layer of plaster on the wood of my frontline gaming display tray. And so then I'll have the plaster, which I can then uh, flock and create as terrain. And then I have the circles where I can put the sylvanet trees on. And they're magnetic, yes. so I can take the trees off and then they're flat. So when I still fly and shift my army, the display board disassembles and is flat. Ooh. And then I just assemble it and then put the trees on and flock the whole, and the whole board is flocked and my army just goes on. Oh, that sounds um, awesome. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, so I've got the, the circles all glued on um, and I just need to start the plastering. And when I'm done with the plastering, I'm gonna start creating some like stumps and rocks out of green stuff and uh, modeling putty and stuff like that and then start painting it and stuff. So that's that's where I'm working on right now. And I was actually debating whether I want to like stain or paint the wood itself, maybe try to do something there. Don't know how far I'm gonna go along with that, but the first step is just get the uh, the, uh, the plaster or putty or whatever I'm gonna put on for the basic material. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm just, just continuing to drink my original Sin Black Widow cider that I've been drinking the past couple of weeks. Nice. Um, so, Oh, no, I never asked you. you. You, I know you drink ciders. Of course, you avoid uh, some of the wheat stuff. Do you drink uh, wine at all? Is that uh, safe on the palate for you? Yeah, um, I do drink wine. Um, I haven't... You're not allergic to it? No, I'm not allergic to wine. Uh, I know. Surprise, surprise. Fruits. I'm good on fruits. Well, you're not allergic uh, to sulfites? Uh, maybe. You know what? <laughs> Push it, Alex. Give the guy a break. <laughs> um, I, I, I have not... Uh, gotten into wine. I've wanted to try more wine. Um, I would love to try some of your wine, actually. Uh, and it's, if you know of any good wines to drink, I would gladly try them. I just haven't really gotten into wine before. But I, I have tried it. like wine. Huh? Hidden Legends Meadery. I, I have had mead, and I do like mead. But I mean, like, you can't go wrong with cider. And it's just yeah. good. Uh, I have, I'm almost out of this stuff and I, uh, a lot of the local cideries in the area, I've started doing delivery. Um, mm. So some cideries down in uh, Richmond, Virginia, like Busky Cider that I've been tempted, they just came out with a watermelon rosemary cider. Um, mm. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Uh, I know, right? It does. But I want, it does. I want to try it because it sounds awful, but I have to try it. Um, and then, but then there's the local Lost Boy Cider in Alexandria that I uh, have had a couple of from them and they're pretty good. So I've been tempted to just stop buying uh, cider from the craft cider section of the store and just actually start ordering from the local breweries. I will, or your local business. Yeah. I wouldn't even consider that. We do have a, a couple local wineries. Actually, this is kind of a wine valley where I live in. Uh, and we even have a, an award-winning brewery just around the corner from me. I wonder if they deliver. You might have just changed my entire experience. They probably do. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to deliver alcohol across state lines, but yeah, yeah. That actually, I, I was reading something about how uh, wine is able to be shipped across. Well, is direct to consumer delivery. Wine has somehow uh, been able to do direct to, to consumer delivery, and so all these breweries now that COVID's a thing, they're like, hey wineries can do it. For us to survive, we need to be able to do direct to delivery um, uh, direct to consumer delivery. And so they're fighting legislation right now to be able to get through yep. shipping beer and stuff across state lines. It's an old, so. old, uh, old prohibition, prohibition era. Oh, so. trust me, all over the East Coast, it's like, wait, uh, I need to buy my liquor from the state-owned liquor store. 
Um, I think in yeah. Vermont, you can't Oregon. buy on Sundays. <laughs> oh, you, know, really? you guys, you have that too? I thought that was only Oregon. So no, Oregon doesn't even have it. East Coast. No, the entire the East Coast is all blue laws. Like we do. Same we with do? Uh, Texas yeah. and Idaho and Utah. and. Mm. Shocking. I, I never buy my booze from a liquor store on, on Sundays. I just never needed it. I guess I didn't yeah. know. Damn. I have to buy well, I could buy beer and wine in grocery stores, but if you wanted to buy uh, hard alcohol, uh, yep. liquor spirits, you have to get it from the Virginia Alcohol and Beverage Control Store. State-owned yeah. liquor stores. In Oregon, the Oregon Liquor Board owns all supply of alcohol in the state. Yep. So <laughs> when uh, when a liquor store gets anything, it actually buys it from the state of Oregon, aka the Oregon Liquor Board. The good thing is it's all the same price. The bad thing is, you well, know, the problem is they everything can't- else. Every deal, like every, anytime they discount any alcohol, it's the Oregon Liquor Board that decides to discount, and it's based completely on supply. Uh, so they have an overstock. They're like, we'll discount this. But it'd be nice if liquor stores are like, you know, we'll sell this brand cheaper than that store, and then I could pick and choose the liquor store. But anyway. But yeah, other than my alcohol research, uh, I've been working on my D&D campaign and mm. playing in Deadlands some more. I just played in Deadlands yesterday. Did a train heist, so fun stuff. Nice. I, I envy you now. Now that I've uh, gone back to work full time, I uh, the video game playing was the first thing to drop off my <laughs> uh, my excess time list. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's me, Jeremy. How are How are you doing? I just so first I want to preface this. We should show recommendation. We should just end with John. <laughs> Storyteller. I feel like anytime we talk after right? that, it doesn't matter what we say. No, it's so just I'm going to try to do a John impression here. All right. So I uh, went down to my cabin. I mean, my cellar. <laughs> Dug up some wine I bought last weekend. Uh, <laughs> no vintage of last weekend. It's a uh, vintage uh, 2018 uh, Chablis, which will probably not work on this virtual ba- uh, background, but it's a burgundy white. Uh, I love wines from Burgundy. It's uh, not because I'm French. It's just I. I'll be honest. In Oregon, French wine tends to be cheaper than Oregon wine, so I choose to buy French wines. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, but for some reason, there's a lot. Like, for some reason, Oregon wine's expensive. I don't. I don't. I don't. Understand. Supply and demand. I think they're just snobbier than French people, honestly. I think that's uh, what it, it is. It, it's hard to cross over, too, since all the French wines are based on the region. And, of course, yeah. uh, American wines are based on the grape type. So it's like, you know, if you want to go equivalent, equivalent, it's hard to cross over. It, it is. And it's also just, I for some reason, I, w- I would have assumed, like, the, the equivalents I could find would be just as, ex- like, more less expensive than the French version, but they're usually not. Uh, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a Pinot Gris, that's like an Oregon specialty, uh, but they're hugely more expensive than like a, like a Chablis. Uh, but anyway, that's outside of the wine, and the reason I'm drinking wine, guys, is I ran out of hard liquor, and COVID-19 has been treating me well in terms of drinking hard liquor, uh, but unfortunately, the supply, uh, supply runs have uh, <laughs> diminished greatly since my liquor store only opens between four and seven every day now. So <laughs> oh, there's no. like this window of time where I can go shop. Wait, what? They're only open from 4 to se- like four p.m. to 7 p.m.? Yep. Get out. Nope. <laughs> uh, Have you thought of making a run to Idaho? It's not, it's not all <laughs> liquor store, just the liquor store that's near my house that sells like 
that usually has an availability of really good scotch, which is my biggest problem is like finding a liquor store that carries my scotch. Uh, and it's just like, and there's a line, like it's because it's situated inside an apartment complex. So you show- Wait, what? There, like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> is yeah, it some dude's like house? <laughs> no, no, it's just like literally, you know, it's the first floor- Is it of the apartment kiosk complex. stand in the middle of the parking lot? Yeah, it's, it's, just a, it's the first floor of the apartment complex. Okay, okay, it's yeah, yeah. Business. Uh, the, it's just phenomenal. And you show up at 3.30, there's already a line of like 10 people waiting to get it. So and where you guys are at, you can't, uh, so like we've discovered Instacart and all this, right? Yep. And so Instacart, I could go on Instacart right now and put in, you know, Captain nope, Morgan, Morgan and have it here in 15 minutes if I wanted to. Really? Not for, not oh. for liquor. Liquor is not, not allowed liquor. to be delivered to your house in Oregon. It is against Oregon laws. There's like, there's, there's actually a, an Instacart like service called Boozy, I think. <laughs> or something like that that does basically specializes in uh like in fact i bought my brother scotch in denver colorado to be delivered to his house but i cannot buy myself scotch no, dude we did that we house. did that at nova like uh when when my brother was at nova he just like perused the the areas around like like the other games like the 40k section and x-wing section but he always just end up back in aos and he was like dude we're out of white claws and I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, we're also out of whiskey. And I'm like, okay, well, we can go to a grocery store later. And before I could even finish the sentence, he's like, I got an app. I'm going to get us booze. And I'm like, and he just like bounces <laughs> out and then like comes back. And he's yeah. like, I got a bunch of booze in the hotel room. I'm like, okay, here we go. So, I'm a that, little uh, Life in Oregon is hard for our backward people. We're a backward people in many ways. Forward thinkers just backwards in terms of when it comes to liquor. Yeah, my wife did a drive-through on our local re- local brewery and had her uh, had her growler filled up today. They're, just, they're doing curbside growler yeah. filling. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, you do forget that we do also currently have a drive-through strip club right now. God, that's yeah, we awesome. Do have a drive-through strip club. Yep, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and, I'm and, sure it's there's a long line of truck drivers. <laughs> Good old lucky devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting for the uh, strip drive-through for the trains that go through our city. That'd be nice. Um, but not set it down. My, I love this city. It's just it's sometimes it's liquor laws in the state make no sense. But anyway, uh, what's on my workbench? I, uh, I and I need Alex to stop me. I have like six hundred dollars worth of Harlequins and like a whip card. You need to stop. And mm-hmm. I thought you had a whole Harlequin army already. Yeah. Yeah, but I want Izzy to paint them for my birthday. Oh. Mm. So, and I don't want to send him a bunch of models he has to strip or me stripping a bunch of models that John McCool painted, which, you know, John would just feel really butthurt about it. But yeah. that's all right. He never really finished the army. I love you, John, but uh, you never finished the army. So, um, I'm, and- uh, I'm waiting for an Izzy commission right now myself. He's uh, has some stuff that I gave him back in December. And he just hit me up the other day to ask me if I have the Farsight Enclave uh, Forge World decal set which yeah. I have an unused one. So I pulled it out and took Ooh. pictures of them. I'm like, oh, I have this and the stencils that go with it. And he's like, oh, how much? And I go, well, maybe when you drop off my uh, my commission, I can just give it to you. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm ne- Izzy, I've never had a problem with you following through and delivering any of my commissions. I want to point that out. Me you have either. phenomenal service. I know where mine is is in the queue and I've known when it would get done since last December. So it's not, uh, I'm not, not anything but teasing him about it. Yeah. Uh, I really want him to paint me a Harlequin army because he painted my Harlequin Rafe night. Oh, that's right. 
Yeah. And oh, that's yeah, it's, man. Yeah. You remember that? Do you guys remember when that whole Jeremy wasn't on the team when that yeah. was being done? And oh my gosh, I remember like Izzy was was working on it and he'd show it in the, the team chat and we're like, that looks great, but yeah. And and everybody had ideas of, of what to and kind of a lot of them were the same suggestions. He's like, no, no, I'm I can't I can't do everything, you know. I'm already way beyond what what this is. Da, 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 da. And, then, and he got kind of frustrated because we kept maybe razzed him a little bit too hard. Oh yeah, that's a great idea, but no, because it turned out <laughs> phenomenal, and he oh, did. honestly did take a lot of the feedback on that too. Yeah. So uh, no, that that thing was I, I completely forgot he painted that for you though. That, was, that, that was a work of art though. Yeah. The face on that. Oh yep. my god, it was such a brilliant. Was that your idea, yep. Jeremy, I, to do I, the symbol the model? For you did. Oh man, that was so brilliant. For those who don't know, he actually took like uh, Harlequin masks and and collaged them together to make the face. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. Wasn't there something about the sword we were giving him hell about too? Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, I it was the angle. Uh, I copied the pose of a solitaire. I tried to copy a solitaire pose. So like the parts of uh, the rave that were kind of a pain in the ass, like break into like where it's running, the sword is like running behind him. Um, oh yeah, that's right. It had kind of an anime feel to it, yeah, right? It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely what it looks like. Uh, except it's a rave night, so it's a massive model. And I would, I've been wanting to find an excuse to bring him to tournaments for forever. But like Harlequins have been so bloody terrible forever. Mm. <laughs> so they haven't been terrible. Uh, they just haven't been phenomenal. Good. Well, I just said the new edition hasn't been very kind to the Harlequins. And then the new rule set is pretty good. Like I will be honest, I am ecstatic about the new rules that came out of the white one. I would love to not have an excuse and extra money laying around to have this army painted up by Izzy. And just showing up to like some of the GTs and just, uh, I don't know. And I even care. I don't even, I don't even care about winning. I would just be nice to come up with a winning record. <laughs> or at least be able to give somebody a game. Yeah. Cause like some games of Harlequins are just like, cool. There's no train in this table. Good game. Good game, sir. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> at least that's been my experience of like our Harlequins. If like there's no L shaped magic boxes, you're, basically screwed <laughs> so anyway that's a different game uh but that's all my workbench <laughs> alex uh are you painting up the Simon king right now did, did games workshop mail it to you yeah no i'm not cool <laughs> enough for that no 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 i'm definitely not cool enough for that but i am excited and everyone i know who is a commission painter is commissioning some kind of necron army for the right kind of people so you know as long as i know their friends I pretty much know what I need to get, which thankfully is not anything because I have it all already. Uh, but just like I talked about in the last episode, uh, you know, still sorting through my Bone Reaper uh, bits so that whatever new models do come out, if they're compatible with certain sizes and certain models, then hey, we can make a Bone Kingdom army. Um, but yeah, no, nothing's on my workbench. Uh, Jack shit is on my workbench. Uh, don't have anything necessarily planned in preparation for whatever comes out on Saturday, both for 40K and for AOS, because apparently there's gonna be some sort of AOS release. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but, uh, you know, I saw, you know, we were talking a little bit about some of those rumor mill uh, photos prior to recording. And um, I'm actually on the fence now about what, what, what I thought, because uh, Jeremy, you were thinking that those were shadow elves, those kind of yep. swords. And then you showed me an image of the Warcry army for the shadow elf 
uh, uh, force. And I can see where the bracers are similar, but I was thinking that it was going to be a soul blight army because the sword in the second one is like a sword that's like an iron claymore, but then it has like a fencing uh, hand guard and that's identical to Vlad von Karstein's sword from Warhammer Fantasy. So we've been theorizing and and honestly, I I thought I was more solid on my end of things until I saw the bracers on... um, on that guy, but the bracers on the rumor mill image aren't the same as the bracers on the um, on the shadow elf. But it's just like a similar kind of thing where it's a, a lone bracer with no like under armor or clothing underneath it. So I was like, hmm, okay, okay. I mean, we're overdue for a vampire count battle tome. So, dude, I want one so bad. Yeah, and I thought the arm behind it kind of had a undead ghouly kind of look to it too. What if oh, it's just ghouls? ghouls and they just say, fuck you, here's more flesh eater cords. There's one that John's referring to. It looks like a nighthawk blade with like a flesh eater like kind of the real yoked out arm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But uh besides that, no, I don't have much on my workbench. But last week, uh or last episode, uh John did nominate me for the three shot challenge. So Oh uh, yes, that's right. Are, uh, <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. Yeah. How exciting. Is- and you know, I'm a little disappointed too. I, I didn't mention it earlier, but you know, uh all of us would actually be getting together this weekend because uh, if it wasn't for COVID nineteen, it would be KublaCon weekend. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded today as I looked on my calendar at work and saw that I actually had the rest of the week blocked off as vacation to start preparing for running all the AOS events that were supposed to happen this weekend. Uh, and of course, I had to let, notify my admin and say, hey, by the way, uh, not going to be taking those vacation days. So uh, don't dock me on them. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, so we don't get to get together in person, nope. Alex. You know there would be much drinking. Jeremy... We would have a, a redo of last year with a bottle of fine whiskey on every table. <laughs> Instead, Alex, my friend, I challenged you last week. Yes, you did. Well? Yep. So, uh, you know, for my three-shot challenge, I do have a bit of a spread. You know, I didn't stick to one. I had a variety. Um, mm. But, you know, when we take a look at it, I'm going to start with the most difficult one first. I think that that one might be the easiest. And it is going to be a... Um, uh, there's a little sample bottle I got from uh, from my cousin when they were in uh, Ensenada. It's and not decantered. No, it is a tequila. Oh, I don't know if it's decantered, but this is a. Uh, what's up? <laughs> Sorry, it's a decantered joke. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, it's definitely not decantered. But this is going to be from Hacienda Doña Engracia, and it is uh, it's going to be uh, some tequila. So we are going to start that off, and. Uh, well, and now he's definitely not going to taste anything else. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is why I thought about it. I thought about it. So what we're going to be doing next is we're going to do a little bit of a filter. <laughs> Where's the white ah. ah, No, 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 no. I don't want to mix my claw with this. No, too much fun. <laughs> That's fair. I had salt and lemon as a palate yeah. cleanser. See? So our second one is going to be one of my staples for a tournament. When mm-hmm. I'm typically there, I normally have. Woodford Reserve. I knew it was going to be Woodford Reserve. Absolutely. Yeah. So Woodford Reserve, Rye specifically. I do enjoy that one. So that is going to be my second shot. And so we're going to try that one right now with a Jameson shot glass. Ooh, nice. (laughs) Evens. Goes down perfectly (laughs) fine. Love it. Normal. Can't get enough of it. Good stuff. We're going to do a little bit of a palate cleanser again. (laughs) Oh, Alex had the Woodford Reserve when we were at Nova last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
He actually poured me the biggest glass of whiskey that I have ever drank as one shot in my life. <laughs> hey, you were pretty, bl- uh, yeah, yeah. Blasted John is very fun, John. <laughs> Blasted John is incredibly fun, John. Uh, not that you're not normally fun. It's Thank great. You. And the third and final one that I have for tonight um, is going to be a Cognac, uh, specifically uh, Remy Martin XO. Ooh. Ooh. Post for it real quick. Um, it is uh, not that fancy as uh, our local resident Frenchman has just let us know. But uh, I never you know, said that. I will correct that statement in a second. And uh, for the shot glass here, uh, I did, uh, I was relatively massively bummed out at the end of the week um, when I discovered that OFCC was getting canceled. Yeah. But last OFCC that I went to, uh, I got myself a little OFCC uh, shot glass. I need to put it towards me so that you can actually see it. It was a 2018 one. So uh, we're going to have some cognac with, pardon me, the uh, OFCC shot glass. So bottoms up. I want to say to the audience, I appreciate <clears throat> Alex's shot distribution. It's basically liquors from all of his ancestry, kind of. Like you got a little bit of Latino, got a little bit of American, and you got a little bit of European in there. There you go. <laughs> if we're gonna talk continents, yeah, that is definitely fitting. Most so. most well done, Alex. That was that was awesome. Excellent. Oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you for participating. Yeah. That was awesome. Of course. Now we can't uh, we can't finish that off without, of course, my nominations. And I do oh, have yes. a few. So a few of our listeners that are also friends of ours. Um, they are up next. So I actually do have a good friend, listener of the podcast who always hassles me to be on the podcast that has not yet been. So uh, my bad. Uh, we do have our good friend Cody Quigley. Um, oh. He is going to be up next. Uh, we also do have Ben Schmoller from uh, you know T-Shift, aka Cascadia Open fame and Cruise Hammer. And then the third and final nomination is actually going to be one of the hosts of the 40K podcast for the Wide World of Wargaming. And that's going to be our good friend, Michael Schwartz. So uh, I expect to see some great videos of them drinking alcohol that they may or may not like. So uh, yeah, you hope only, to see them. What's he has up? to drink six shots because he has to drink three for his wife that can't drink. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's going to be drinking for two. He's drinking for two now. Fair, uh, fair. Forgot about that. Um, however, uh, you know, we do, of course, uh, have Paul on here. So, you know, enough about me and alcohol and all of us uh, doing our typical quarantine shenanigans. But we want to talk a little bit of, uh, with Paul about how things have been. Now, you know, Paul, he primarily plays 40K. You do have that Seraphon Army, as you mentioned. I think you bought it all in one primary batch from one person. So it's all uniformed colors. It's all fully painted. It looks beautiful. Really good. Yeah, it's really good. It's really nicely painted. I would definitely say like tabletop plus, uh, you know, style, which is which is great. Um, you know, when we take a look at Age of Sigmar from a flash in a pan. I know that the last tournament you ever, you were forced <laughs> to go to a tournament by John, which is great that we were able to forced, trust I, I wanted to go. Uh, yeah, by the end of the day, I don't know if that was your sentiment. But uh, uh, I did not want to be there by the end of the day. No, no. But we were able to have you try new things, which is great. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed with Age of Sigmar since you even played last. Things are... You know, the 40K and Age of Sigmar, they just get closer and closer together. And I don't think they've been any closer than they have now. Um, when it comes to Wargaming, can you tell, you know, we really didn't talk about this the last time you were on, which of course there wasn't a video cast, but can you tell us a little bit about what got you into Wargaming and, you know, uh, maybe even the small introductions you've had to Age of Sigmar? 
I mean, do we want to go into the Wayback Machine and how I got into Wargaming? Is that where whatever you want, Paul? Yeah, it's your time, you my friend. Wow. Well, year was nineteen twelve. The year <laughs> was two thousand, and the world had not changed yet. Uh, no, it was actually. Um, so my younger brother Andrew was uh, there. Was a, there was a. So I kind of. We had a local store uh, called the Comic Grapevine that I uh, started off when I was gosh 12 uh going in there buying magic cards and got into the star wars card game pretty heavy and uh it was actually the first thing i was able to travel to my parents would take me out to the bay area to go to tournaments and um we uh we ended up traveling to comic-con i actually started going to comic-con to go play and that's where the the regionals was um and so i think this was uh my third year going to go play the star wars ccg in um at San Diego Comic-Con and uh, my brother had gotten into Warhammer in the time uh, since uh, or gotten into Warhammer and he wasn't playing cards anymore and there was another a second comic shop that opened up in town and uh, my brother didn't have any interest in playing with me um, and because he had his friends that were playing and, and I, I wasn't I was like I'm into this card game I'm not going to get into a, a, a miniatures game <laughs> um, and uh, then they're at Comic-Con in, in the center of comic-con there was this giant display of tau and uh, i was like that's awesome i'm gonna get some of that when i get home and i'm gonna have my brother teach me how to play uh my brother basically stopped playing when i got the models and so i didn't really have anyone to play with for a while but i kept collecting them um and then uh, one of my buddies i ended up working with um in, a couple years later he had an elder army and we just started kind of playing from there. But it was, it was really like 2001, 2002 when we started going like to uh, Great Escape and playing in tournaments and stuff like that. And the rest is kind of history from there. So it all started with Tau at Comic-Con. It was the uh, first and only year that Games Workshop ever went to Comic-Con. Wow, cool. Was it when you were talking about, did you mean Kamikaze or? No, Comic-Con. Like San, San Diego, Diego Comic-Con, Comic right? Yeah. Cool. Yep, San Diego Comic Con. They they never went back. I I kept going to Comic Con. The last year I went to Comic Con was two thousand eight. So I guess it was like eight years after that I kept going. And Games Workshop never came back. Uh, but Comic Con was very different in uh, in those years. I mean, for in that eight year time frame from two thousand two thousand eight, Comic Con exploded. It was G four G four and Twilight ruined Comic Con. Mm. But yeah, it was a whole different game. My wife and we just, we used to go down there. It was, it was awesome. It was like our little trip. And then that's why, that's why broad, Broadside Bash became so near and dear to my heart. Uh, Broadside Bash was in San Diego. Yeah. And it was my reason to go to San Diego every year. So it was... And uh, we saw, we met Alfarius at, at... Yeah, Taxi Dave. Yeah, Taxi, Taxi Dave. Dave. Oh, right. Yeah, uh, man. Broadside Bash, absolute favorite of mine. Favorite of my wife. That was a Absolutely. great, great tournament down there. Yeah, I poured one out for it on 420 this year. Nice. Yes. Broadside Bash also, uh, many people may not know this, but uh, Broadside Bash was the first tournament held when BCP went public. Yeah, it so was. That was our, our, our initial tournament was at Broadside Bash. It was the first uh, major uh, release after we became a company and um, the app went live in the app store that weekend. For all of our listeners out there, especially ones that are not from the West Coast, uh, Broadside Bash was a tournament for both Age of Sigmar and 40K, and I think War Machine, um, that was hosted during the Kingdom Con um, uh, gaming convention that unfortunately had 2019 be its last year. So it is 
no longer at least uh, going to be the way it was, uh, or never again at all. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, it was last year was its last year, even if if the COVID hadn't happened. Yeah, but it would have been. You know, it would have passed just a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yeah. Going to go at a SoCal Open. Ah, <sighs> uh, should I don't know. We'll see. Probably not. But COVID Open. <sighs> wow. No, COVID <laughs> Open was this last weekend. There was a 40k tournament that happened in Texas. That's yeah. the COVID Open. It was only 18, or was it like 18 people out of the 60 something? 28. Or... It was 28 people. It was a tournament. I mean, they didn't have an ITC code, <laughs> but you know, they didn't sign up for one. They couldn't have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, anyways, you know, Paul, uh, you know, of course, you are very experienced in 40K. Um, Age of Sigmar, bit of a new world for you. I know, like we said, John did, you know, take you, um, handcuffed you, left you in his garage for three days, waited till he broke you as a person, and then said, by the way, you're going to be playing Seraphon at my tournament that I'm running. Um, so really great job, really effective use of just getting some, getting people out there. Yep. So well, besides, I was going to go either way. Let's, 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 right. let's I, I gotta say, cause I did say I was going to, so I picked, I've, I've always, I've always loved Seraphon. I mean, like from the time I first saw those models, you know, I was like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I just, I always said that I, I, I couldn't paint well enough to be a fantasy player. And, uh, so that's, I never really got a chance to play it but i saw that army pop up it was right after sigmar dropped um and i saw it posted on a uh, buy and sell uh facebook group and it's it's like a three thousand point army uh and it's, yeah, you have a lot of it it's it's pretty well painted and um i got it for 300 bucks shipped from the uk or 350 it was it was something ridiculously cheap like the the plastic itself is five or six hundred bucks worth of plastic you know so to have it with a paint job and bases and everything, it's, but I wanted to play it and uh, I was very underwhelmed with what Seraphon had. They yeah. Were, and, uh, and, and to be fair that, I mean, to Paul, I appreciate you coming to that tournament. Lots of our teammates actually did attend that tournament. Uh, we were, it was the first year we were trying to push the winter wars past the GT limit. And so a lot of my close friends and teammates really stepped up guys like Paul, uh, Liz, uh, even Tim Hosker, yep. folks who have uh, Age of Sigmar armies uh, or willing to borrow one in the background all came out and played. So we, we really had a great, great time that first day. Yeah. So appreciate it. And even Paul and I uh, did get to play a game. Uh, I was kind of the, the buy guy as the tournament uh, TO anyways. And uh, we had a, um, well, we had a, the kind of time you would expect when you um, <laughs> uh, bring a scryer uh, jumpy list like I was oh running at the time up against uh, old pre-General's Handbook Seraphon. Well, With no skinks. The, the, the no problem was, no <laughs> yeah, pre-General Handbook Seraphon, and then even when they did come out, it's like you needed to be... You needed to be ready for them because you know there's so much fucking bookkeeping involved with old Seraphon. You also needed a bucket of skinks. Yeah, and I don't have it. I mean, I have, I have twenty skinks, but they're not based. So I gotta tell you, Paul, with all the free summoning that they had prior to their current battle tome, my uh, one of my opponents at LVO, uh, it was the last one before the top eight. In fact, was a guy who brought a Seraphon player who brought his ice bucket from his hotel room and had it filled with little blue and green skinks and i was like is that an ice tree full of skinks and he's like yep and i'm like all right let's do it and i was that's, like you're trying okay. to intimidate me aren't you and he's like yeah kind of and i'm like 
Okay. Oh, man. That's just brutal. As I say, as Tau players, Paul and I know that back from playing the uh, Piranha Spam days because I have my bucket of gun drones that I used to bring to the table. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, all my gun drones. Well, I, I still use all my gun drones, though. Oh, boy. Well, yeah. you know, of course, you're not just a war gamer. You also got something going on for you. And I think, I think Garrett does, too. There's some sort of thing that you guys do, um, and it's like electronic and uh shoot what is it i think it's like it's like an abacus but like on a phone and then it has <laughs> yeah, something to do with wargaming i don't know I, I really don't know paul can I mean, you tell like, us a little if bit you about wanna, if you want to like dumb down exactly how computers work to an abacus, abacus then yeah, yeah i guess <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about what you do uh what do you do for a uh, wargaming community yeah we uh we started Best Coast Pairings, you know, back uh, four years ago. I have to keep looking at the Best Coast Pairings. Yeah, is you that? may have heard, never of heard of it. Yeah. Well, I've never heard um, of it. We create pairing software that makes it easy for anyone to run a competitive gaming event worldwide, even in the midst of a uh, global pandemic, believe it or not. That is so true. I personally would not be a to TO if it wasn't for Best Coast Pairings. Me There's, There is zero chance that I would run any event ever. Uh, but because of the ease of BCP, uh, I have uh, ran, at this point, uh, well over 100 events. And uh, we're happy to have you on board. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, I've, I've heard that story more times than count. And that's, I, I, that's why we do this. I mean, that's making it easy. I mean, a lot of people don't know it. The, the whole reason this came about was uh, because of winning the ITC the first year. I got asked to run a tournament. Uh, and I'd been to a hundred tournaments at that point and never run one myself. And, uh, just in passing to Garrett, I said, you know, like, Hey, uh, I, I got asked for this tournament. Don't know what I don't know what I'm doing. And Garrett kind of goes, I can build an app for that. And I kid you not a month later, I'd even forgotten that Garrett even said that. And then it came around to run this tournament and Garrett's like, Oh yeah, here's the app I built for you. And, uh, we ran the first tournament with it. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I mean, was that, uh, was that Stockton con? That was Stockton was, con fireball crusade. fireball crusade. Yeah. All right. So many things went wrong in that event. No shit. So <laughs> no many things shit. went right though. Surprise. So many surprise. Went right. Oh, as a, so. as, you know, I want to point out as a, as a man who likes his matrix printed, uh, sheets, uh, spreadsheets. Uh, I feel that you've, uh, <laughs> my entire process i don't know how i feel about it i really like my process you know i was really settled into it uh how dare you make it available for people to check on their phone no they need to come to me and the paper i post on their wall i'm just saying i, I think, think we're not making the right moves here well you know what all <laughs> i'll say is, and I'm, I'm i'm getting that that might be an insider uh joke towards maybe some troglodytes who don't want to try technology, but, um, <laughs> or <clears throat> we don't need to talk about major tournaments. <laughs> every, every community that, we, that we've touched that has embraced what we do, uh, has grown. And yeah. that is, uh, to me, that's the best indicator that we're doing the right thing. Right. So, I mean, cause we're at this point, we obviously started with 40 K and then moved on to Sigmar and a bunch of others, but, uh, we make it easier for people to run tournaments. And as soon as you make it easier for people to run tournaments, more tournaments happen. I mean, it's kind of crazy how that kind of trickles down, but. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would, I would almost say that the explosion <clears throat> of the Warhammer, <clears throat> excuse me, the Warhammer and Age of Sigmar competitive scene has as much to do with BCP as it does with the growth of the ITC. 
uh, they, they kind of go hand in hand, but I don't think that without BCP, we would not have the massive amount of tournaments that we can go to on a regular basis, uh, almost anywhere in the country. Anywhere in the world. I mean, one of the coolest things I went to when I was on my way to SoCal uh, this last year, I rode with a, a gentleman who spends half his year in uh, California and half his year in Norway. Mm. And uh, he flies back and forth with his army. And he said that when the, the coolest thing he, he said was that when he went to Norway, he was able to pull up his BCP app and find tournaments the next day when he showed up. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's, that's pretty solid to me. Is that, you know, someone can go find a game, you know, and uh, relative ease that, I mean, even just going back a couple of years, I mean, three years even, you know, that was something you couldn't do. It was like, if you didn't know the people who locally ran tournaments, there was not a good chance you were going to actually have a tournament, you know, like it, it's just, you couldn't find them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There used to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, private invitations to small tournaments because mm -hmm. uh, it was so much effort to run a tournament uh, that you wouldn't just let randos come. You'd kind of pick and choose some people that you knew were going to be re reasonable to work with and were going to show up. So a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, 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 I, I think that we're changing the uh, the gaming, not just, you know, the competitive scene, but gaming as a whole with what we're doing. I mean, it's I like to get grandiose with my vision and everything like that, but I really do think it's, it's changing the way that people find events and look for events and talk about events. And it's actually what I want to talk about with you guys here. And I'm glad you got a chance to have me on is now the next step we're doing is making it easier for people to deep dive into the meta and actually find little tidbits of uh, information on their games that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to get to unless they went through and scraped thousands of tournaments. So we've gone ahead and done that for them. Really? So, like, so as I go into the BCP app, I'm going to find some tips and stuff that say, like, clench your butt cheeks when you bend over to move your models, uh, hurt your back less. Is that is that what we're talking about, Paul? Well, come on. I should just add a new subscriber section that is just John's tips and tricks Yeah. for for surviving a tournament. They add it now when you get paired with somebody. They tell you, like, their lifetime records of winning. And if you pay them more money, they'll they'll make a like a random whatever number you want it to be <laughs> only only 50 percent of that is true <laughs> i'll let you figure that part out but only 50 percent okay you know in fact a large reason why the wide world of wargaming even exists is the idea of going through stats because mr numbers guy over here over here wherever you guys are going to see it in the final cut garrett um was able to kind of draw some information from Best Coast Pairings. So, you know, being, being of course, also uh, one of the main individuals as a part of BCP, but never necessarily talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as Garrett will Garrett. say offline is, is this is his hobby, not his job. <laughs> so, yeah, so he no. spares us. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, so people know, we actually had to especially beg and encourage Garrett to allow us to have Paul on and talk about BCP on this show because I don't think that's you not normally the focus. Paul. Like I don't think I had a choice in this. Paul Paul is just coming. This is Paul's this is this is Paul's job. This I, is, my job this, comes earlier in the day. To to make you guys uh I mean to I mean I, you guys are very near and dear to me for for many reasons, but uh yeah, this is my third podcast today. So wow. I've been doing the uh <laughs> Oh, he could just squeeze <laughs> us into his busy schedule. <laughs> hey, it's, it, it started off. This started off with a talk about uh, playing Seraphon with John. So I, yeah. I'm I'm happy to be here. So and we appreciate having you, Paul. We really do. Okay, so I want to say that it's really annoying to uh, 
be able to all the keys to the data is within Garrett. And sometimes you're just like, well, no, Garrett. And Garrett's like, no, I have the numbers. And I can't fact check. <laughs> I can't fact check. I fact check this guy. Yeah, so, I can't. Yeah, you can. Garrett, Garrett is actually a dick about the numbers too. Cause he'll like, yeah. oh, I crunched the numbers and I've got this in, but oh no, I can't share that with you. No, no, no. no. I can't actually <laughs> show you any of this, but oh my gosh, what I'm looking at is amazing and enlightening. Sorry, guys. No privacy issues. No, no can't, can't he's share a goddamn dragon hoarding his goddamn data. And, yes. And oh, a drag, a data dragon. Yes. He's a data dragon. You're a goddamn data dragon. Sadly. That is your new nickname. <laughs> data what? dragon. No longer are you encyclopedia. You're now data dragon. <laughs> I like it. Guys, guys, we can't give him double Ds. Yes, you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Look how tiny he is. His tiny frame, uh, absolutely. He'll have back issues the rest of his life. He'll be fine. Uh, so, so with these amazing stats, like I said, we've, Garrett has teased us for a while. And, and as you know, we've actually, uh, especially about a year ago, early on, we were uh, analyzing stats. We were kind of pulling stuff up, but it was really hard for us to do this. So we had to take everything through the front end to do that, you know? So I'm like doing screen captures. Uh, I'm doing text captures of the website. I'm doing text captures of the ITC listings, dumping those into a spreadsheet and trying to glean some info. Um, what kind of info, what kind of statistics, what kind of data is the average person going to have access to? Is the subscriber going to have access to? And is there even a higher level tier that perhaps uh, podcasts yeah. or other professionals might have access to? Well, so uh, we can start with, uh, let's start with the first one. It's the easiest one is that uh, right now this is all for subscribers. So uh, there's part long-term plans for what we want to do with some things. But as of right now, uh, just to keep it easy, it's, 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 for, it's for BCP subscribers. So if, if you're on a BCP, BC, BCP subscriber, I highly recommend you become one so you can take a look at this treasure trove, data's ho uh, data dragon horde of information, if you will. Uh, for Sigmar alone, you're actually uh, 11,000 games in there. Oh, look at pretty, that. Pretty he followed wild. instructions before I could prompt him to do this. <laughs> um, next up, uh, basically everything we have What is this? Right now, what are we looking at here? I am very confused. I have no idea. I've never seen an internet in my life. What's an internet? Tell me There's only one tab open. Is this really Garrett's browser? I don't know this whose is, browser it is. This is not my work. This is not my work machine. This is my uh, gaming PC that doesn't have Real quick. any... Garrett, you shared your screen, and I've never seen this before. It's triggering because it looks like I'm signing up for college classes. But can you tell me what I'm looking at? Yeah, I don't know, Paul. Uh, I'll, I'll let Paul take it away. Um, so I want to go back to let's let's go back to the home screen there, uh, Garrett. Little home button up <laughs> in the icon there. We're so, gonna take you guys on a tour. Here's what we've got because, uh, and I'll, I'll take one step backwards before I, I dive into this. Is that we. Um, so we have merged with Downer Appearance, who were the other uh, player in the game as far as when it comes to uh, the Warhammer hobby scene for tournaments and like that. Um, part of what they do is they bring on to the team Josh, who is a web developer. And uh, in, a, in tandem with Garrett being able to build the uh, wonderful backend he has built for us, uh, Josh was very quickly able to uh, consume and uh, build out some, some of the pages that we've always wanted to do on the web. Uh, but have been stuck in iOS and Android for. Uh, so this is the first step towards putting things to the web in addition to being in the apps. Uh, so for the time being, this is web only, but eventually will trickle down into the apps. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is what, when you go through the website right now and go to our homepage, this is the uh, page you'll see when you log in. Um, 
I, a little more secret sauce on what's going to be going on here. Uh, but essentially what's going to do is, is in the very near future where your upcoming events are, it's going to show in uh, date and proximity order the closest events to you based on your location. Um, and then of course the highlighted events like our homepage currently does. Um, so there's another nifty little thing in here too that he slipped in. Garrett, if you actually want to take it to the upper right-hand corner up there and you can actually see the uh, player profiles now. Um, so the player profile was just added last night. This isn't displayed anywhere yet, but you can, uh, just so you can kind of get an idea of where we're going to start plugging it in, you can pick your nickname, you can uh, choose your, oh, your no. file where you want to have your image go, oh, no. uh, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Twitch account. Hey, Garrett, go ahead and put Data Dragon in you as your nickname <laughs> while we're on this page. <laughs> and then go ahead and save on that. And now uh, Garrett is Data Dragon, Data Dragon, however you want to call it. Data Dragon. But, Fucking goddamn hoarder. Yeah, and then you can pick your image. I mean, just this is just the start of how player profiles are going to feed out. But John, you need to make me a, a Data Dragon. Find some sort of like dragon hoarding no. or some like mem some RAM. Uh, I'm picturing do? a fractal dragon. We're, we're, we're going to get that guy who does the artwork for a lot of those other hosts. We'll do that thing. Just, just, like yeah. what Dayton has. Dayton oh, Scriva? We're going to have you as a dragon hoarding fucking code. Just put Smog on a hard drive. Duh. I was thinking just a bunch of RAM chips. It's <laughs> like on top of like all those like Dude. dims. Just a whole bunch of dims. Taking notes. Taking notes. Uh, Alright. And then uh, um, go up to the home screen there and let's go to... Uh, actually go check out the stats page here. So we have this all split up by seasons right now. Uh, it's not set up by uh, ITC season. This is uh, BCP seasons actually. Uh, well, eventually we'll have it so you can filter down into, into different leagues and things like that. Leagues or circuits or seasons. Uh, but right now it's just the BCP uh, annual seasons we went through. So uh, I, you got 2019 Age of Sigmar there. I think that's the one that you guys are all going to be wanting to look at. But you can see the number of games that are played into it. It's 11,000 games last year. Uh, were played across BCP. Yeah, so. mostly by me. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Let's, what, let's, see, let's see here, Jeremy. Um, you were actually second to Alex. What? Alex played 55 games while Jeremy played 42. Wait, is it the, the win record overall? No, no. That was number of games played. The mm -hmm. win record is right next to it. That's the win record. So actually, Alex, oh, this you're the most winning uh, Sigmar player last year. But not where it counted. Well. It's, it's the events where I was like, ha-ha, Jeremy's not there to fuck me. You're just a, you're just an RTT hero. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. RTT I, hero. Paul, Paul, I got second place at four GTs, second place at one major, second and first place. place at one GT. Look, I don't know everything, but I know what Ricky Bobby taught me. He just said he really likes clubbing seals. No, 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 no. He just... It's, we're not here. I, I find that I it is very satisfying. I'm fine. No, no. I, what, all I got to say is Jeremy played 42 games and won the season. You all can take some <clears throat> notice of that. Well, let's, let's go a little deeper dive into this. 42 uh, games is Garrett, the answer no, for really winning hit, hit Jeremy. the season. And let's actually let's dig into what, uh, what, uh, what Jeremy took to win the season there. So this is actually going to be part of uh, Jeremy's player profile here. <laughs> have player analysis. So let's actually see how Jeremy is. Changing. Whoa! Whoa! So what actually, is a chart? Eh? Can, can we make this a pie chart? 
No. Ooh, no, we need no. to make it a pie yes. chart for no, Logan. Pie charts we do. are terrible. Don't do it. No, no, no. Our good friend Logan, he literally only makes pie charts. He's getting his doctorate right now, and all he uses for all of his data is only As a pie data charts. scientist. Pie charts are the worst medium to represent data ever. And that is what my brother has said. Well, Logan Mulroney says otherwise. He loves pie charts. So, uh, Jeremy, did anything in particular happen around, I don't know, like the 26th of May with the armies you were playing? Because that's when yeah. you got good. Yeah, they, uh, uh, they got a new uh, book. <laughs> Sorry, got a new book. And then, oh, look, never lost yep. a game. It was, hey, it was, look at this army that's got a hard counter to fucking I everything. Know, like, uh, also, I, I like how you, like, just didn't go to, you only went to GTs, basically. You're like, and, yep, yep I'm good to go. Just yep. only GTs. <laughs> well, it's because I like playing against the best possible players, so I picked the events where they're going to be there. And what happened there in December? Did you just drop? You drop He's it? playing one round and then just... Yeah. So was, yeah, he literally went to one of my tournaments, that. played one round, and got, like, third place with his one win. Yeah, it was the RTK. <laughs> the way I had scored the tournament, he had gotten third place, and he had dropped it. He's like, he's gonna, like, after round one, he's like, I'm gonna go have lunch with my wife, so I, I'm gonna leave. I'm like, are you coming back? And he's like, I didn't want no. to realize people. Like, it's... You know how daunting it is when somebody's just like, fuck, I got to play Jeremy. Like, it's just like, I don't want to fucking do yes. that. For, for some people, it's soul crushing. Yeah, we did have a whole episode about that, actually. We did. We <laughs> surely did. Um, but yeah, it's 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 beginning of the year, played Nine Hawk, and then after March, played uh, Fire Slayers. No, with your one glimpse back gets where you're like, I'm going to lose the tournament. I'm going to I'm gonna be able to play really shitty. Yeah, and I then you play me at the final table and you beat me. So, I like, for a that's fine. I, I, that's fine. I, I bought my good, my best friend, Gareth, and the Gloom's Fight Army. And I played it after it was fully painted by our wonderful, our, uh, a wonderful acquaintance of ours. And uh, I won a GT with it. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> you did. You did, in fact, win a GT. I remember, like, the moment, it, like, we're in my heart, like, top of round five. I'm like, I think he's gonna beat me if I fail this charge, and then I failed the charge. <laughs> Those were the, so this the is five a, out of five games you played. This is a, a really nice design, nicely designed website. I'm seeing that we can expand the number of entries we look at there. It starts off with five, so you kind of get a quick view. Uh, but I imagine we could look at all of his uh, entries on that. You know, what, let's uh, do something fun here. Actually, yeah. I, you, you said so. so uh, Garrett, go back to the so main funny. stats page here. What? So just go uh, hit stats circuits. Soulblight has the third go highest back win into percentage. Sigma there. <laughs> and then uh, go see where it says under player and says show more. Hit that for me and then hit find me. This is a really cool feature for everyone who's not Jeremy or Alex. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? Well, <laughs> the rest of us know what that means. It's okay, Paul. We, we understand. Oh, wait. Hey, I didn't do too Got bad. It. I didn't do too I bad in 2019. Now. Yeah, 2019 so, was not a bad year for me. I had I had a winning record. Yeah, you actually number five. I, I mean, just it was cutting you off. You should on the look at screen. Garrett in 2017, 2018. What? No, let's look for Cody Quigley. Oh I mean, yes, let's look for Cody. Yes. Yeah. Can we do uh, player search by name? What yep. What can oh, we do with this? Show us some cool stuff. Let's see. Like Cody. I'm excited. I want to see Cody. Now, now, first off, we're looking at Garrett's account, but any subscriber has access to what we're looking at. This is not uh, special Garrett data or anything, right? That's correct. Every, no. Everyone who's a sub has access to this. It's not oh, anything that's, that's hidden or... My subscription just got... You know, my subscription plays pays for itself every year with... Uh, I get discounts to every major event I go to through BCP coupons. And at least once a year, I make a huge purchase through Frontline Gaming and I usually glom onto one of their sales and take advantage of the, uh, oh, no. the doubled up discount. Hold on. 
real quick. No search function. Dutch, Dutch, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't have a search function? Gary, you got some yet. explaining to do. Hey, hey, hey. I mean. This just came out today. He's searching. He's searching. It's got. It's it's got it. But you have to. It pulls up 500 records at a time. So if you're not in the top 500, that's why the find me button is important because it uh, it'll it. keep going until it finds Real that quick. person. Shout out also to Dutch Adams. He had a 100% win record in 2019. Yes, he did. Yep. Wow. Eight. Pretty solid. Had an 18 game. He was Dutch, you need to come to Nova so I can play you. Well, Dutch, I think he's getting <laughs> back into 40k. I think. We haven't talked to him. We gotta have him on. There's a lot of people with a hundred percent win record, even if it is only four or five uh, tournaments that they well, went to. It's kind of like why Soul Blight has the third highest win percentage. Wait, wait, go back, go back one, go back one, go back. You can't ban awesome Nighthawk. Okay. Are we are we allowed to have like these kind of nicknames? No, but there's a guy <laughs> in Spokane who was named Sexmaster with three X's, if you remember that. I remember seeing um, BCP. Oh, look, like, there I am. Who the fuck is 617. Man? I rocked last year. Let's see. They saw the winning percentage, though. 16 wins, two ties, eight losses out of 26 games. Yeah, now, not let's, bad. now let's look at Jeremy. You count for 0.24% of the meta. Oh, nice. Holy shit. 37 wins, five losses, 42 games played. Yeah, Can you see me those, while I flinch, while I duck for cover? Yeah, because I didn't actually, like, I just showed up and left. <laughs> Alex is 0.5% of the meta. All right, but not Look with Alex three. with 42 wins as well. So wait, wait, Jeremy won the season with 42 games, but Alex had 42 wins total. There's some kind of, of like, answer like universal answer in all of this i mean are you seeing what i'm seeing paul yeah, I, are I you am. seeing this i am yeah get, jeremy stops me and everything you just no, he's, no yeah he's my, jeremy's my the obvious the obvious is that the answer is also the question right but, but you're missing <laughs> there's even a question you have to ask I do i'm not i'm not I, I i didn't i didn't smoke a bowl before this how many how many roads must you go down <laughs> 42 42. <laughs> Magic number. See, it, doesn't, it doesn't work, does it, Alex? <laughs> no. Oh, here's our buddy Sean. And Carrie. Oh, oh look at him. And Scott. Hey, look Seven at Scott. Wins. Oh, there's Scott with a 38% win percentage. And nice. we have some Pacific Northwesterners over here between Carrie and Matthew. Matthew Kingster. Jared's way Yeah, I see my buddy Jared on there. Nice. Pablo. Yeah. Pablo. Pablo plays AOS? What? Pablo Abarca, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so this is just the Pete players, the, just for the players. So if you want to go and, and actually get into, like, you can get into the factions and actually even dive into the meta itself, too. Um, on the main page, it's sorted slightly differently, so it, sh it doesn't show. Like we were saying about the players, you got people, you got, I don't know, 100 people who have one tournament win and went 3-0. and It doesn't necessarily mean that they're a, a fantastic player. So that's why Alex is popping up as the top player here on the stats. Um, cause it, it's, it's sorted by, um, win record. No, well, the, the number of games you've had. Oh, okay. So it's, it's your win record and then the number of games you have to, what is it? So, uh, yeah, so it's not, it's not just the, uh, it's not just someone who's some, some joker who won an RTT is going to pop up in the, in the top, you know, not, not just RTT heroes is what I want to say, but yeah, I'm looking at this and I, th I think you were robbed last year, Alex. I mean, I, I guess um, by the tech, no. I, you know, I've always I've always been a little weird about how the scoring in ITC works, anyways. 
Um, and I know that's some some funky Garrett no, math no. that's going on. So, but I'm, what I'm looking at here tells me that that Alex, you you are the true champion. I mean, I think I think it's clear. I mean, the numbers are right there in front of us, isn't, right? Isn't 37 and five a better percentage record yeah. than? Oh yeah, 37 and five is better than 42 and 13. Yeah, but this also does not include LVO. Or ICC points. Hey, we were both in the top eight for LBO. So I, I'm yeah. saying Alex won 42 times and Jeremy won 37. How many times it took you to get there doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, fifth, fifth grade math. Line. You got to use division on that. You got to use. You got to use division. Um, just, just, just ignore all of these other numbers here. Like these ones don't matter. Yeah, just screw the. Just uh, this number. I mean, all that matters. I'm always impressed when anybody gets a tie in AOS. That's impressive. Um, it is right. Yeah. I, well, I, and if it wasn't discussed, it's rare. I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> there is like how. Hey. So, so I'm a data scientist by profession. I'm very curious. How is this? How much is malleable for me with this as a subscriber? Yeah, what can we really do with the data? I'm with you, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy and I uh, both professionally look at statistics and numbers, but we look at numbers and statistics from a very different perspective. Well, and uh, you know what, it's, it's funny you would ask that, uh, both of you actually, uh, because one of the fun things we're gonna do with this is this is just version one, right? This is, this is just, hey, we got something built, we wanna get it out to people, we wanna you know, let people see what's going on with it and all that. Uh, the next step we're gonna do here is we're gonna make a Facebook group for ECP subscribers. So if you're a BCP subscriber, you'll be able to join this Facebook group if you want to. And uh, we'll actively be in there listening and doing polling to see what is the next stat or next feature that's going to be generated as part of this that the, the subscribers in that, uh, that room or that group are asking us for. So we want to be proactive and listen to what the community wants and, and hear what, I don't know, like podcasts. If you guys as a podcast are like, we really want to see this stat. Well, you kind of have a direct channel going towards how you can get that information to, to be heard. But uh, we also want to hear back from the community and hear what the community wants to see and then put these, uh, put those stats into here. But so it's still, cool. it's still hidden into us, but we're going to actively listen to what you are asking for and uh, try and generate those stats for you. That's awesome. Okay. So it's like uh, a good way to, you know, connect with you guys, see where things are going. Also maybe give you guys some feedback of what we want to see. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like even even that like that one page for me, like the win count would be interesting to sort by win percentage of the entire volume of games. Oh, you can do that right now. All the all the 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 filters at the top are active. Mm -hmm. but I mean, and, instead of like it's a derivative of your total population games versus win count, right? So it's be like kind of like your win percentage, but like so you can strip out like things like soul blight. Which oh, are like, yeah. incredibly like small, like it's one player, right? It's just probably one or two. Yeah, if there's like <laughs> if, there's, if there's like one guy who's playing pure like Super Suriani and he's killing it, but like he's got a win record. Way to filter out uh, types of events in this, like RTT versus ma GT versus majors. Not oh yeah, currently currently not. Um, that's been talked about, but not at the second. Yeah, and this is not in beta, right? This is official release. No, this is out. It's live. It's uh, Garrett's One, looking at it from the 1.0, right? right? We're, it's awesome. 1.0, yeah. I was poking around my head earlier in there. It's great. Yeah, I, mean, it's... I need to take a look, but you guys don't have a reset password link. So I'm going to have to do that on my phone, and then I'm going to have to get everything sorted out. So 
Techno noob. Techno noob. That's fine. You just don't remember your password. I mean, like, who doesn't remember? Also, we know plenty of UI people, but I really like this. But truly, I'm just triggered from college because it looks like it looks like I'm signing up for classes in college. But besides the artistic standpoint, you guys are experts on data, and that's what matters here. Yeah, no, data is best presented clean. This is this is nice, clean presentation mm -hmm. of data. Looks very nice. Nice use of colors. Good font. Good size. Ooh, well, let's not, I like the layout. Not, we, we do not endorse anything related to aesthetic. We think it's really great resource for data, and <laughs> we definitely think that this is a fantastic thing. We can't wait to see what you guys do with this moving forward. It scales nicely to phone. That's that's the important. That's thing. perfect. Mm, so, is yeah, there going to be a mobile yeah. version uh, with the that's integrated to the app relatively soon? So, what you can do right now is open the web browser on your phone. Mm, our code dragon's got his code up. Yeah, that's what I like to see. I think you, you, you change gonna, it real time, you find an error, you're gonna debug it. It's the second button. Garrett, it's a, isn't it the second button on your top panel there? Oh, here it is, yeah. There we go. Oh, that's what it looks like for, okay. That looks nice, yeah. Wow. The, uh, do, you guys, it, do you guys still store your geolocation of events? For this. Ooh, that's a yeah, yeah. That's so order we has two hundred and three credits towards their uh, degree. That's cool. Yeah, everything we have is uh is all stored by you know it's, it's coordinates, so we can do all kinds of fun things with uh, yeah. actually like showing you the meta directly around you, or showing yeah. you the meta around the tournament you're going to. Okay. So, this is a uh, like I said, this is one one of what we Hell have yeah. already planned to. I don't know thirteen is that safe, yeah. Garrett? Is that is that saying we have? There's lots we can do with this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like that response. Let's <laughs> go with that. One. If you gave me an API, I would design it to tell me which players are netlisters versus which ones are not. So. You can have. Ooh. Oh, there's a good one. You can wow. you can even you can even distinguish them with little things like a little like orange like flip off emoji like fuck this I mean, guy that is next level right there you're talking combining Wait. the new ability to analyze lists and list content with accessibility to this data um i mean that's some high-end number crunchings which i think you would need somebody on the the back end to do some real crunching to present the average user with data but man i bet you could find some neat stuff in there in the in-betweens right jeremy what do you think well, oh, Jer Jer first of all, Jeremy, if we actually had a system that would uh, mark people as netlisters, wouldn't you just always be a netlister since you're making all the netlists? Yes, you would. Ooh. I would be. <laughs> but the thing, the advantage is that, like, if I'm showing up to a table, and I know that guy's playing a good list, but I can, I, I can clearly see, like, you know, I know it's a netlist, but some people might not know it's a netlist, and then they can see, oh, it's a netlister with a terrible record, so he's probably not going to do very well. I don't have to worry so much. This is going to be a bit of a psychological game for him. So he, he's going to be having lunch with me, and I'll be like, hey, man, who's your, uh, who's your round two opponent? Or who's your round five opponent? And he'll be like, look it up. And if it's not me, he'll be like, oh, it's so-and-so. I'm like, I don't know who that is. What is he running? Well, uh, his record is this, and the army is running is this, and no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Oh, or yeah, even better yet, his record with – Army X versus the army I'm playing is this. Therefore, I know that I'm probably in for a challenge or I may be in for a bit of an easy game. That would be yeah, I mean, I that's what we got going. 
It, it, well, it, it, you kind of <clears> touched on it too, that being able to tie this in with lists and the uh, being able to pull the data out of the list themselves. I mean, we'll be able to tell, tell you what units are winning. 58%, 58.33. I gave you maybe more shit than I should have. Yeah, let's 21 at, wins. Like, it's like half the answer. Let, let's look at 2020 before you actually, uh, you know, actually. I, I, I dragged Garrett quite a bit in the 2019 year. I felt what, a little bad for that. Feel better, get better, Garrett had less losses than you. Now, now is this only 2019, <laughs> 2020 data, or how far does this go back? Because you guys. Oh, have here had, we go. Here we go, Alex. 33 percent. There we uh, go. Uh, so, so you guys have been collecting data for a while, but but how far back does this the data we're looking at go? How does it? How far back does it count? Right uh, now. So if you look here, here's all of our different circuits that we have. Um, I don't know. Oh, uh, I see. So right have, there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this we have we did each by different years, and so I just went uh, basically January first UTC to December thirty first UTC, which is why if you look at these for day, uh, time zone reasons, it's saying December thirty first, December thirty first. But uh, I mean, this you this interface just has nothing but room to grow. Is yes, what I'm coming down to it is a great base for the petri dish that can grow into something beautiful. Well, you know the, the the danger that we're looking at here, though, is that just like BCP itself, is that people we we've grown so far without having this that think about what's going to be like in a year or two when this is just I'm going to check out how that army's doing. You know, like people won't even think twice about this. This is going to be something that people will think has always existed for this game. Oh, I see what you're saying. Do you think it's going to actually change the community in ways having access to this oh, yeah. information? Oh, huh? yeah. 100%. Hmm. Yep. I mean, it did for the Atlantic A's, right? That's the entire premise of Moneyball. So, like, it's just, it's... <laughs> my, point, my point being is that, like, the thing is, data only gets you so far, right? It's And data, especially data like this, is always based on historical, uh, and tomorrow is never predictable as well. And you'll always have people like me, Alex and Garrett and John will always going to try to test like the boundary of like how far like you can take something beyond what data tells you. But data is a nice building block to tell you to not to make this that kind of mistakes. Effectively. Well, the neat thing about data is, I mean, let's put it like that, is that nothing is anything until it's compared to something. Yeah. So you need yeah. to have something to, to base it off of in order to actually know how good it is in the first place. So. Well, data, data is the best way to lie there ever was. So uh, I see even getting some of this data and kind August of running New York stats at my opponents at the table to disturb their thought process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, how fun Oh, you're, you're playing a Stormcast. Wow, you know, Stormcast loses 98% of the time against Skaven. <laughs> this matchup's going well for you already. <laughs> I can't wait until you lose. And then you're like, ah. Well, I guess I brought that average down. <laughs> <laughs> the exception that proves the rule. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with, uh, with all the big changes that you guys have here, and I got to say, this looks great. Um, you know, what, what should we expect uh, to see maybe in the, la in the next uh, couple of weeks or maybe even uh, as we reach on into midsummer and maybe even uh, closer to some of the tournaments, possibly in the end of uh, summer, if, if they end up happening. UK, what should we expect out of- There's a lot uh, of sediment. It's the Ooh. cork, that's not sediment. <laughs> Is it? Definitely, yeah, uh, I mean, mm -hmm. definitely a lot more of, of this, uh, okay. a lot more deep dive into this. And again, I, I'll encourage the uh, community to participate in our Facebook group once that's all set up and going. Um, but uh, one of the things, I mean, we've just, 
we don't have enough bodies in BCP to do all the things we want to do. And it's, yeah. it's awesome having another body to help us out with things. But mm-hmm. the, the Great Wall of Features is pretty, pretty long as far as things we want to do. Sure, that's uh, awesome. But the, uh, the app keeps growing. And I don't want to you know, tease too much about what we got going on. But you know, there's, we have plenty of stuff to build out and lots of stuff that you know, we're gamers too. That's the, cool, the thing that I've always felt has uh, separated us from people who've really tried to build pairing softwares before us is that we're gamers most people who are building parent software were like some of the manufacturers i've had the honor of getting to work with uh the issues they've had is they hired a development team that had no idea about the gaming community and had no interest in the gaming community to build software for them they didn't know the intricacies of what this is and what they needed to do and so the scope was what they were given and what the output they created was what they got yeah you need niche knowledge and passion to do stuff like this and have that in spades and I love the I love the integration of a you know profile and a system like that. I remember talking to you about that back ugh, like 2016. Um, you know, in terms of, of of what you can integrate to BCP. So I'm super happy to see that this stuff is in, is is jumping off. Um, yeah, you know, like you can add your Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, like you you're seeing right there. Uh, I got out and I was about to say, all you got to add is Discord and it's already there. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. You guys really covered your bases. Um, it, it's been pretty amazing watching you guys grow over time. I will tell you that long gone are the early days of BCP when uh, I would actually go to run an event and I would, I would basically message Garrett. Okay, Garrett, I'm about to run an event. And if I had any issues, he would literally real time uh, make corrections on the back end and push ah. the stuff forward. Uh, and it was awesome. You know, I, I'm not talking about, you know, like the first weeks and months of this to now where it's just an amazing product. Like I said, I, I could not run events without BCP. It makes it a pleasure to run events, everything about it. And for people that aren't TOs, everything from the integration of ticketing that drops right into my bank account uh, every time I sell a ticket to uh, the ability to post links for my ability to pull down player lists and email packets to all my players. There are just amazing small <laughs> details built into this app that again and again, make it superior to, uh, to use and, and just a that. You're laughing, Alex. I, no. I know. Am I the only TO that sends packets out ahead no, 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 of the event? No, John, John, do not take offense. No, I am no, not no, laughing no, at you. No, I am no, laughing no, at what is going on on the screen share data as you speak. We, that is a very we, impassioned uh, speech, John, and it made complete oh, sense. I wasn't watching. As, yes, as, I see. I John, see. as you were doing, you were giving us this impassioned speech, I saw I am the data dragon pop up on that. So I just, <laughs> you, had to laugh. you had to laugh. Yes, I, I wasn't watching that. That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. Garrett, Garrett, oh. Please fix the misspelling of hoarding. You're going to trigger me so hard right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Uh, this is not World of Warcraft. This is not for the hoard, dude. Uh, I was going to, I was going to, uh, you know, I'm the only ESL, ESL person in here and I, I still get triggered by misspelling words. Uh, oh, I, I Engl- English was my uh, first and I'm st- language that I still haven't learned yet. The, uh, uh, you can say I, that a lot of people are that way. The only thing I'm worried I, about. I, I'm passionate about English. And which is completely different than you're worried about, Paul, is that I'm going to send so many emails to Games Workshop, like with data-driven explanations as to why they're fucking up rules. <laughs> so, so, so congratulations. You have now attributed to a very annoyed customer service rep 
from your games workshop having yeah, to but deal at with. At least you will have very nice slides to take to our rep to say like, Apparently, it's this guy who's just telling us we're doing our job incorrectly. No, no, no. <laughs> you see, there, there, there is where you're failing, Jeremy. When you deal with data-driven people, you give data-driven information and data-driven facts. When you're dealing with emotional-driven people, you have to give emotional data and emotional information. And people that are making the beautiful uh, rules and models and everything we have for Age of Sigmar uh, are not data-driven people on any any level that I can perceive of. So uh, I'm not sure that a data-driven uh, plea is going to get you what you want. I'm thinking a pretty picture, maybe an artistic representation, a meme at maybe the a most. Pie chart. A pie chart. <laughs> it depends on the colors you use. If you can get nice contrasts on your pie chart then perhaps they can pay attention. How would I show negative values in a pie chart, John? I don't know how. <laughs> you use inverted colors. What's the you, problem? You, 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 you need a second pie chart. The, the, oh. the, the lines just start going outside the pie. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> yes, yes. Your, your pie could be a weebus spiral is how it works. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Garrett, is there anything else you want to show us with the new releases or? Uh... Wait, wait, Garrett, Garrett, no. You, you got to start off with the part that says, I am the data dragon. So it can't just be I hoard data. It, it, it does has have to be, say... It has to be all capital letters. You, um, unless it's not, unless you're able to italicize or bold, then like. Or do it in script format. Can you put some brackets around data dragon? <laughs> just, just put a GIF. Just put a GIF of a smog. Let's just use my Slack. Um, We're gonna. Back. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see what we can do to commission that guy to make like a Garrett yes. Dragon hoarding a bunch of RAM. I think that that is appropriate. That is, I gave I him, want a, I gave him a copy of TTS. Maybe he'll. What uh, I'll do is I'll find out what we should do for each one of you, and and we'll we'll make it happen. I just want to point out that anybody's watching this stream or uh, this podcast and uh, this recording will now send you a bunch of shit to your personal email, Garrett. So enjoy that. Yes. Also, <laughs> Garrett, Garrett, uh, I made a note of this earlier, but um, you didn't have any tabs open, but you did have your um, you did have your bookmarks open, and I, I gotta, oh, yeah. I gotta yeah. ask you. Let's I gotta ask you a very those. particular oh, whoa, whoa, question. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no! Get those back here. Please <laughs> share again. Wait, I got a screen cap. Rewind the video, Alex. <laughs> oh, I was just trying to, uh, I, I didn't want to but, call him out wait, too much. Your question about programming sucks. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing article. Oh my God. If you have not read programming sucks. So those are all articles, right? Okay. Yeah. Enough. Those are not websites. So I was thinking those were like websites, but if they're articles, everything I saw makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, Garrett, if you consider yourself a pokey dad. Oh, oh dude, that Pokey Dad thing is amazing. Oh God, where was that one? That I was awesome. like, Pokey Dad, that is some, that's a kink that I have not <laughs> driven Hey man, into. everybody likes some Pokemon. There's nothing wrong with Pokemon. Oh no, the, the Pokey Dad one was a, uh, like a Reddit post about a guy whose dad started Pokemon Go and just like, he had never played Pokemon in his life, and he's just like got really into Pokemon Go and just started like naming them random. It was, it's a great Reddit post, and I just like had to bookmark it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to talk about that. I was uh, uh, for business. I was flown out to Chicago to a, a major manufacturing company, and the uh, director of quality for that company, an older gentleman, older than myself, 
uh, we're out to dinner at a fine restaurant and we're enjoying a bourbon and talking business and quality. And I was like, oh, I need to check something real quick. And he pulls his phone out and, he, and I see the motion of his fingers. I'm like, are you catching Pokemon over there? He goes, oh, well, it's kind of my dirty little secret. I just, we were at this restaurant. I had to see if there was anything here. I'm like, it's okay, dude. <laughs> I like to catch a Pokemon every once in a while too. <laughs> so okay. it has wide appeal. <laughs> Okay. Cool. I, I do want to say if if Google programming sucks and read that article, it um, would save me a lot of time if everyone in the world just read that article and realized why programming sucks. Um, is that is it? Does it boil down to users? No, it boils down <laughs> to uh, uh, programming is awful, and you should all be terrified that the world is going to come crumbling down under terrible infrastructure. Yeah, that's yeah, not that's just limited for to programming, a different bro. Podcast, sir. <laughs> um, we can make a side podcast where you just tell us about that. But <laughs> like many, men, much of a history which is made by man-made things, they're made by men, and they're terrible, and they fail sometimes. But look, we're still here. So hey, look, <laughs> I've made an entire career out of examining the errors of humans. Yeah, exactly. For, Me too. For sure. What is it? Um, when you go through basic gun training, or at least when I went through basic gun training, they say that a gun is a machine and, or a device. Was that after or before you completely cut off your hand with a gun? Two guns! Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> <laughs> I have two hands. They are perfectly fine. That is a story. That was expensive cosmetic surgery. Okay, you know what? That is a story that friends will be able to know. Uh, my my OnlyFans will be. Able I had to. to I had to. Uh, had to go ahead and glue Alex's finger back together. For you got to glue my finger back together. But our that's not even exaggeration. That. that actually happened. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, super glue and everything. Whole finger totally you know, works fine now. That's the one yeah. thing we have as war gamers is a bunch of super glue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True. So it's pretty. We were out in the woods though, so that was a little different. <laughs> you switch you pee on it first, then you use the glue. Oh, of course, you have oh. to pee on it. I mean, what else were you gonna do, right? Uh, yeah, you know, just lick it clean. That's what the animals do, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember being at the, at the beach one time. A buddy, he he stepped on a nail as he was fire walking the pallet fire that we had going on. So we got a big nail in the side of his foot. And I myself, though I was in Signal Corps in the Army, I was stationed in a medical unit. So my friend's yeah. like, "Oh, John, you're in a medical unit." You can patch up my foot. And, I'm, and I was just, you know, drunk and stoned enough on the beach that I'm like, yeah, I got this. But all I have is tequila and salt and a lemon. So I took the lemon and wiped it on the wound, figuring that the acid would clean it out. And then I poured the tequila on there and then I packed it with salt, uh, figuring that that would kill any bacteria there. So uh, there's my, my one chance at being a medic. I don't know if that was the right choice, but you didn't lose a foot. <laughs> In, in terms of that, uh, uh, what Jeremy was talking about, you know, what I was going to say is that uh, a gun is a device that can and will fail. That was what I was taught. And uh, sounds like that kind of fits in line with everything. But in the meantime, got to say, this uh, new website you guys have going on, it has a lot of great resources. And I myself, once I reset my password, I'm going to be able to dive in, take a deep look, and, and I'm going to have a lot of fun with that. So thank you so much. For, uh, for having that. It's a great resource. It, I had no idea you guys were doing that. Uh, of course, you guys aren't going to always let us know what you guys are privy to, but uh, congratulations on getting this up and running, and it looks fantastic. I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add to that, Alex. We record with Garrett 
every single week Ninja we see this guy. Thing. We had not even the slightest clue that this was coming out until I saw a link from Paul. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest, I, I don't know think you did your goddamn data dragon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't even know. <laughs> he didn't no. know. No, he knew. He knew. He fucking knew. I only built the whole back end, you know. That's not my job. I don't worry about that. You guys it's make it cool. Me. I'll just keep everything running behind you. <laughs> That's kind of how it was on this one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, by the way, for our listeners <laughs> that are out there, uh, if you haven't, if you, uh, we forgot to mention it, this is a very visual episode as we were going through the BCP yes. website and looking at data. Uh, you can look for the YouTube version of our show. Uh, it will be available on my YouTube channel, which is Zestuku, as well as the Wide World of Wargaming YouTube channel. Yes, exactly. Thank you, John. So do check us out on that YouTube channel, uh, whether it's John's personal YouTube or the Wide World of Wargaming. We're gonna have those videos up. You guys are gonna be able to enjoy them and it'll be a very good visual representation to uh, what we're talking about today, which is going to be a really good look and insight on the Best Coast Pairing stats page specifically. Uh, in the meantime, Paul, thank you so much for being on tonight. It's been a pleasure as normal. Uh, if you guys do like this podcast, do uh, you know subscribe on uh, YouTube, both the John and the Wide World of Wargaming's uh, YouTube pages, or you can give us a like on, like on Facebook, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let us know what you like or what you'd like to see, and we'll certainly uh, see what we can do to incorporate that into an episode. And uh, we are also on Frontline Gaming's Daily Roll, uh, typically on Thursdays or Fridays, but uh, we hope to hear from you soon. And this is going to be Alex, John, Jeremy, and Paul signing off for the night. You guys have a great evening. Hey, Garrett's in there, too. And Garrett. And Good night, everybody. Data, data dragon. Data dragon. Data dragon. Data dragon. <laughs> that is now the show title. <laughs> you guys have a great evening. I night hope everybody. Benedict Cumberbatch plays you in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>